What's going on people? This is Renegade Operative and today we are with the Infinite Ammo Syndicate. We're here to talk about the Sega Genesis today. We're having an episodic discussion. Uh, I would like to introduce my panel. First we have Kaneki. Sega does when the 10 don't. I knew that was coming out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty obvious, man. Next up we have Daybreaker. How's it going guys? Jojo? I am running on full blast processing. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. And of course you have me, your host, Renegade Operative. Uh, oh, no. so, shut up. So we're <laughs> going to get into this with the first question. We have nine questions in the doc. Podcast should go really fast. Uh, so question number one is, what was your experience growing up with the Sega Genesis? How did you get formally introduced to the platform? Who wants to go first? Uh, okay, go ahead. Sure. Um, so for me, it wasn't, um, I didn't actually like grow up with a Sega Genesis in my household, unfortunately. Um, the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo were a little bit past my time. Um, I remember more growing up with like the N64 and the Sega Saturn. But uh, my brother, I think the first time I actually played a Genesis may have been my, my brother borrowed his friends genesis and we played through the entirety of the mighty Morphin power rangers the movie video game and that was probably my first time uh playing through a sega genesis game and uh kind of as i got older you know i i grew more into the idea of retro gaming and so i started going backward i eventually got my own genesis started adding to my own collection so yeah i've gotten to play some of the greats like all the sonic games and vector man and there's a whole shit ton of good games on the genesis that i uh i missed out on but uh yeah i uh i recently was playing the the mighty Morphin power ranger uh the movie video game and i i don't it's not as good as i remember it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it just must have been that warm fudge of the nostalgia because i played through the whole game with my older brother and so it was like Oh, this game is great, and I got it, and I was and I was playing it, and I was like, oh my god, this isn't as good as I thought it was. I think the Genesis was like my first console because I just remember like my brother having it, and he played like Mortal Kombat One on there, and I was so fucking ecstatic about the gore, setting people on fire with Scorpion. It was so amazing. Uh, so we eventually got like more games for that system that included like sonic the hedgehog 2 uh sonic 3 i played over my cousin's house and i believe we also had separation anxiety which was spider-man and venom i really love those games like to fucking death because they just introduced me to a whole new genre which was video games at the time because my aunt was like so into movies horror movies and shit so i didn't know anything about video games until like my brother and my cousins introduced me into them uh, i remember all those experiences with playing street fighter 2 and getting absolutely bodied because i had no idea what i was doing and it just was something that grew on me as time went on and on and on. And I believe the library grew as well. The more I played more games on there, the more I got like super excited. I did enjoy the NES for what it was, but I believe the Genesis really solidified me enjoying video games as a whole. So anyone else? Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, this is probably going to make me sound really, really old, but... Uh... 
I first and we're all old here. <laughs> I first got introduced to the, to the Genesis old. when I was like, I think six or seven. This was back when the Genesis, and I mean not Genesis, but uh, the first Sonic the Hedgehog was kind of new. And my only experience with video games was the entertain the NES and the uh, arcades. And like I went into my, I mean, I saw like, pictures of them in magazines, and I saw commercials on TV about the games. And one night I was at my uh, my cousin's house. Me and my mom went to my cousin's house. I don't remember why we were there. And I went into the bedroom where my cousin Jason was, and he was playing the game. Like I had no idea it was there, and. I was just in awe. Like I said, back then, my only exposure to video games was my Nintendo Entertainment System in the arcades, and ever since then, it's become one of my, my favorite systems ever. I, I ended up getting one from a yard sale when I was in fifth grade back in 95, and I got Sonic Spinball, and it's been growing on me ever since. Like, got into Streets of Rage... And eventually, when I got my JRPG groove, that was when I really, really got into the Genesis because Fantasy Star and Shining Force, in my opinion, are some of the best JRPGs I've ever played, and it's been it's been awesome. I love it. Kaneki, what about you? Um, I wanted. Okay, my first experience on the Sega Genesis was. Uh... I think pretty much when my brother, I, I think similar to your story, Ren, when they introduced me to video games. Oh, yeah. And I, th and I think it was around the time when they were mostly playing the Sega Genesis. And I think when the, you know, it's not, you know, the PlayStation, you know, I know it's not a discussion about PlayStation, but I think it was around the time when PlayStation was out and stuff. And they were playing mostly those two main platforms. The first game I, I was introduced for the Sega Genesis uh, was Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and I think at the time when they just released their third installment I really did have a blast with the series before they were fucking decided to shill out for many years and the other game I was introduced is one of my all time favorites if not the favorites of all time is Streets of Rage 2 the classic could never stop playing that game for whatever reason. I think it was because of the gameplay. The gameplay that uh, introduced me back back then. I think in a way it does beat Final Fight because I was I also played Final Fight when I did have the chance to get the the SNES and uh, really flew clunky when it compares to the Streets of Rage two. So I really have fun playing the Sega Genesis at the time. Kaneki, can you take question number two, please? I got you. Uh, what did you think of the marketing battle between Sega versus Nintendo back then? This includes Sega using blast processing as a gimmick. Well, uh, I, I can't say because I didn't exist when that marketing happened. But I could tell you I do like some of the game soundtrack from the Sega Genesis. Dude, fucking Sega tried to go at Nintendo like hard, like super hard. Like every single time it was like, oh, Sega does what Nintendo. Uh, here's blast processing. That. Like people didn't even know what the hell blast processing was. And nope. it was this entire like marketing gimmick behind it. So they really, I think they knew that 
the SNES was right around the corner and graphically they could not compete because the graphics for the SNES were phenomenal. Um, better ports of certain arcade games, unlike Mortal Kombat 1 that had Sweat for Blood, and they had like just so much to offer in terms of that. So Sega knew that, and this is a question later, they knew that they had to do something in order to keep up with the times and they didn't want to make a new console specifically. So they made all those fucking add-ons that made like no sense, but we're gonna talk about that later. Still, I just think that marketing is key for a lot of people. And the way they did go at Nintendo, it enticed a couple of people, a couple of mature hardcore gamers who wanted that sort of adult content like the Blood Code from Mortal Kombat or more mature rated games like Eternal Champions for the Sega CD. Uh, so I, I thought in some degree it did work, but ultimately I think Nintendo releasing updated consoles, that was very beneficial for them in the long run. And you have to remember too, you know, marketing was so much more prominent back in that era because, you know, the, the internet wasn't a big thing like it is today. Like now you can, you know, you got a question to anything, you can look it up. So you can, you know, you can get breakdowns of special specifications of like systems like the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. And, you know, so, so the marketing really, really was integral to uh the genesis being such a success as it was um and i think the the big leg up that they had at the time is when the sega genesis was released the super nintendo wasn't out yet and the nes of course was you know 8-bit graphics as opposed to the genesis's you know 16-bit and that was you know what what james rolfe coins the bit wars you know and and speaking of he he did a really great breakdown when he did the whole super nintendo versus sega genesis videos as himself instead of the nerd character and you know that was the first time that i had learned exactly what blast processing meant um meaning that the processing power of the genesis was was slightly better than that of the super nintendo so mm -hmm. um that's what they used for their marketing really? and 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 yes yes that was about the when he breaks down all the specs that's about the only thing that the genesis really has over the super nintendo is being able to run games faster than what the super nintendo could right. um but when it comes to graphic fidelity you know video resolution and things like that the super nintendo oftentimes is superior and the music you know is very debatable you know uh, super nintendo has of course great you know soundtracks but the genesis does have its own unique tones and and we've kind of we kind of talked about that prior um when we were talking about collections and i know this will come up further in the doc you know just some of these collections that come out can't really replicate that sound that the genesis had it's either like off or you know the pitch is different or it's something weird you know a lot of those at games consoles for example have a horrible time emulating genesis sound oh you know. god i know about that I saw, <laughs> I saw a demonstration of it it was horrible oh yeah they're, they're they're super super bad but yeah i just i i think um it's it's really interesting you know it, it's it's definitely not something that that sega could do now like if, if they were in the console market for any reason nowadays it, it's not something that they could really do you know the internet has really sort of taken away the need for that sort of marketing but at the time i mean it, it, it worked you know it worked because i mean it was it was a hot button issue you know or a hot button topic if you will that that many gamers of that time were talking about 
Yeah. All you got to do is like simply just imagine like no Google, no nothing. Just walk up to someone and say, hey, this has blast processing. And they're like, oh, what's that? I might get excited because I don't know what the fuck it is, but it sounds so enticing. But nowadays you're right. Like anyone can just simply say, you know what? I got a gaming PC. So even if the console is like a little bit more better in processor power, uh, I can still have a gaming PC and it will destroy like some of the stuff out there. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely a novelty of the time, but I, I really did appreciate what they tried to do because like I said, uh, the console having like just a, SNES in general, it having like most of the leg up with the specs. I believe that Sega needed something in order to push that console out there even more. Uh, so I, I commend them for doing that because it was a really cool thing to do. And back then, I do believe like even if you had Nintendo or a Sega console, you could benefit because there's so much to each library that there's nothing really to argue over like now, like console wars now are stupid, but back then they were actually great. You could go over your friend's house or your cousin's house, play the SNES. You can go at home, play the Sega Genesis, have a good time. I agree. Well, well, since I was around when this whole, when the Sega Nintendo, like console war for lack of a better term was going around and, and I was one of the kids who actually, well, first I had a Super Nintendo, then a little bit later I actually got a Sega Genesis at a garage sale, so I was I was playing both systems, and this is what I noticed after looking back on it from an adult perspective. It was awesome because both companies were, con well, both platforms, I should say, were constantly trying to outdo each other, and because of them trying to constantly do that, we got so uh, many good so many good games yeah we got a ton of good shit that, yeah. that's what i really loved it's like it's not like nowadays where okay the competition is clearly uh well the main one for example is nintendo xbox ps4 and xbox are just like resting on their laurel uh but i i do believe now it's like um you know console wars are just boring now but back then when they really put in their effort it really meant something Oh, yeah, and it wasn't just the games that were entertaining. Back, I don't know if you guys remember, like, the commercials and the ads that they had on TV and in magazines where they were, where it, it was just fun because those those commercials were, were just so fun to watch back in the day. Like, like sometimes when I'm, when I'm cleaning up around the house, I'll put on, like, go on YouTube and look up a compilation of old Sega and Nintendo commercials from back I remember. in the day. <laughs> I remember yeah. the screaming Sega guy. <laughs> that was that always Sega. It's just it's, the PS1 destroys them. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate with Se the Saturn. Se yep, Sega and Nint Sega and Nintendo are, are competing. Sony, hold my beer. <laughs> Yeah, it, it did get unfortunate like later, but I, 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 I think we could talk about like Nintendo for like a later discussion because they held their own, in my opinion, with the N64, even though uh, it had like less power and they had cartridges and CDs were like better. They definitely held their own with the games they released. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get into question number three which is interesting so what is your favorite and least favorite game on the genesis uh i have to think about this one but i if i would say like favorite it would have to be streets of rage 2 
no contest you, man. that game is incredible <laughs> I, I love that fucking game so much i can't help it it's, it's my childhood it's really one of the best beat em up sequels I ever played in a long time. And I think that is definitely the definition of how a sequel should be improving on everything. Uh, the first one is just so hard. It's really difficult to get into, but the second one feels perfected and it's so fun with co-op. Hey, I'll Go tell ahead. you this. The, I'll tell you this. The first two have better music than three. Yeah, three. Disappointing with the music variety there. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, but least favorite game? Uh, this might be a controversial answer, but I would say I wasn't really a fan of Comic Zone. I is it was because I just didn't get how the game operated. It's like very cryptic with the things you have to do. Oh, you got to pick up a rat. What do I do with this thing? I don't know. It, it, it's like really not Pacific with the gameplay. I like straightforward Sega games. Like you're playing Contra Hardcore and you're shooting the shit out of people. Uh, I, I like games like that where it's not very vague with the stuff you have to do in that game. So anyone else? I'll yeah. go. Okay, go ahead, Kuneki. Go ahead. All right. Uh... First of all, fuck you, Ren, for stealing my obvious answer. Of my you're, wel you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Master. Uh, the, yeah, pretty much the same answer, Ren. The Streets of Rage 2 was probably my favorite game of all time because uh, it was one of the first games that was, you know, that I was playing when I had the Genesis. Uh, besides Sonic the Hedgehog, I think it was the first Sonic the Hedgehog. But this game, I couldn't stop playing for whatever reason. It was probably because, due to the fact that the combat was absolutely great. The controls felt smooth whenever you do like a special. Like they like, felt like no limitation at all when you do, you know, just combos with the characters. Um, something of I think Final Fight should have done better in my opinion. Because uh, as much as fun I had with Final Fight, uh, I think this game did way better in terms of the music and the gameplay. Mm, the least favorite, I hmm. That's a tough one. Probably... Streets of... Well, I can't say Streets of Rage 3 because there is worse games. Uh, someone can go ahead. I, I need to think for this one. Alright, I, I guess I can go. Uh, my absolute favorite Genesis game was uh, Fantasy Star 4, mainly because this I discovered this game when I got into my JRPG groove and... Up until I played uh, fan the Fantasy Star games in general, all the all the video game RPGs and some of the tabletop ones I played were set in like medieval fantasy settings. Whereas, <clears throat> excuse me, Fantasy Star was set in Fantasy Star games were set in sort of like a like a Star Wars type setting with like planets and spaceships and mythical stuff thrown in. And four was just so good because it actually had a more dynamic story with like, with like still frames that are kind of laid out like a comic book, which was the closest thing I actually the closest thing we can get to I guess cinematic cutscenes back then. And uh, the story was just so good, and I loved the characters so much. I I adopted a cat in 2010 and named her Rika after one of the characters. Uh, my least favorite game. I'm probably gonna say, uh, what was uh, it was some D it was some advanced Dungeons and Dragons game that was way more complex than it needed to be because it had so many menus and stuff, and it was 
uh, it was either that or Baby's Day Out, which was made off of a really shitty kids movie that came out in like the nineties. Oh my god! Okay, so just to add some context to this worst list, some of the games they have on here looks like complete garbage. Like they have this game called uh, Rise of the Robots, and oh god, I know that game. I'm just, I'm just going to post an image here. Like, what is this? A really, really bad fighting oh, game because that was also on Super Nintendo. Oh, it was. Oh, mm. you want to know how to beat your enemies? Low kicks. Really? You just have the spam low kick and you win. Oh my god. That and player one. See that blue guy on there? That's player one, no matter what. Oh, so player it doesn't. One, yeah, player one's always that blue robot, and it's either AIs or the second player that to have a different character. Bruh, I I didn't even know like Shaq Fu was on the Genesis. <laughs> I didn't even know this. Ironically, Shaq Fu on the Genesis was better, was a little bit better than the Super Nintendo because I think it had an additional character. It seems like like it's not saying more characters. It seems like it's not saying much though. It's still Shaq Fu. Oh yeah. Oh, I just found what I could say is my least favorite game on the Genesis. Uh, WWF Royal Rumble. Because uh, you really had button mash if you wanted to defeat your opponent, and for a fact that it's really hard to pull off moves in that game. Oh, if I had another worse one, it would be Sonic 3D Blast for Genesis. Oh, I-, I didn't God, like that, that game. It, it was Wait, top top down Sonic Sonic 3D Blast. Wasn't there a CD that... version? I heard that was better. I think so. There was a Saturn uh, version, actually. There was a Saturn version, and it wasn't really much better. It had, like, maybe better sound, and the, the CG cut, the CG FMV sequences played a little cleaner. Like, they actually tried putting a couple FMV cutscenes on the Genesis version, and they tried, I'll say that much. Yeah, oh, that's that game. That game's a little bit of a guilty pleasure for my for me. I know it's not great, but I don't think it's horrible. You know, so it's. It's that guilty pleasure status for me for Sonic 3D Black. Yeah, it's... I, I would say that and maybe Shaq-Fu. It's one of those games to play when you're, like, smashed. Oh, <laughs> Completely oh, fucking smashed. Oh, yeah. Just, Actually, just get really smashed and just bash buttons. Actually, I have another favorite to add. What, one of my also favorites was uh, Sonic Spinball, for whatever reason. That one was fun. I love that. It was. One. It's like Sonic, but you know, pinball, but with Sonic. It's. It was great. Right. It, that game actually got me into pinball. Like after I played that on my Genesis, I started going to arcades. Yeah, I remember those arcades, and yeah. I got to play pinball, and I played a bunch of pinball, and I loved it. Uh, actually, I, I have another uh, favorite. I really friggin' love Jurassic Park. I, I thought it was good. I only played it like one time, but just the way the mechanics worked, the way the dinosaurs looked, it, it really it's sucked. Right? Yeah, it's the platformer. It uh, really sucked me into the experience. Yeah, that one was really cool because all the levels were non-linear, and you had when you played as uh, the guy, I think it was Grant. You had so many different kinds of weapons, whereas you're the you could play as the Velociraptor, and you're you're like just booking and jumping all around the place. It was fun. Oh yes, 
Um, so for for me, for my favorite uh, game, it's kind of a kind of a top stuff that's split between Castlevania Bloodlines and Shinobi Three: Return of the Ninja Master for me for favorites. Uh, Shinobi Three is just a, a hands down really really stellar game. Um, amazing pixel art for for its time has a really good soundtrack that that fits the uh, like game's the aesthetic. Um, it can be a little cryptic at times. I think like the the second or third level, it gets kind of a little weird where you have to like jump up on like these platforms and things like that. But other than that, I mean, it just it has some really just fun, stellar gameplay. Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines um, being the only Castlevania title on a Sega platform. Um, it's just another, again, really stellar game. I, I mean, I know a lot of people uh, don't really hold it to like Super Castlevania 4 standards because Castlevania 4, of course, has a lot of mechanics that were not present in Bloodlines, but I do think Bloodlines stands out in its own right. Um, and I, I, again, very stellar soundtrack, uh, the second stage. Uh, Sinking Old Sanctuary is the name of the track. It's gotten a couple of uh remakes and in later games and that's just always been one of my one of my all-time favorite castlevania tracks uh honorable mentions i would say both the vector man games and then tmnt uh the hyperstone heist uh that one's a pretty good game um least favorite uh probably the only genesis game coming to mind that i remember just really not enjoying and this might be a little bit controversial because i know this series is pretty popular is the alex kid games uh, there was one on Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection, and I just, I don't know, I just, I didn't care for it as, as much as I thought I would. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, I played one of those games, and I got stuck. Like, I didn't know how to progress. I didn't know what was going on, and I'm like, okay, I'm not a fan of this, but, you know, to compensate for that, at least they had Gunstar Heroes, and that was, that was pretty yes. fucking good. I, I loved it. They re-released that on like PS3, and I played the ever-living fuck out of that. It's also on the that game since it's not. Even though what's weird is since it's not directly made by Sega, I think it's on the new collection that's on like Steam and Switch and stuff. Also, mm. JoJo, your mic has like degraded in quality. Oh, sorry. Let me fix that. Let me try and fix that. Okay. But yeah, I. I it's so many great things about it. It's really hard to talk about like games that were absolutely awful. Yeah, because it, to be perfectly honest, it's like, you know, I know that um, guys like, you know, James Rolfe and his, you know, angry video game nerd character, you know, cover bad games. You know, I don't, I don't typically go out of my way and buy a Genesis game nowadays. You know, like I was saying, you know, we, we literally quite have, you know a, a world of information at our fingertips you know and so when i'm out retro shopping and something looks interesting i'll look up just to see be like hey you know you know what's the gameplay like you know before i buy it you know because i now have that ability i mean granted back in the day when these games came out you, it was word of mouth or magazine reviews at best you know you didn't have you know the internet to look up video game footage and everything like that you know so um i i guess in a way we are kind of um blessed if you will to have that nowadays but i don't it's really hard to say um you know least favorite games because i, I don't intentionally go out of my way to play quote unquote bad games on like the nes super nintendo or anything you know retro if you will i agree yeah it's like they exist but they are such a short minority that 
I don't even bother. Is is my mic better, by the way? I think I fixed yes. it. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Uh, so we're going to move on to question number four. This is interesting. The Genesis had many add-ons that was specific to the console at the time. They tried to compete with their rivals with the creation of the 32X and Sega CD. What went wrong with this approach in your opinion since these ideas were considered failures? I think what went wrong was the fact that I, I think even AVGN, a lot, lot of quotes from him. He cited that they had a lot of issues with the power cables, bricks being plugged oh, yeah. into the wall, too many extensions that made the 32X and Sega CD problematic. And you don't want that with the console. You want everything to hook up just fine. I yeah. do appreciate the games that they had on there that was, you know, really good or updates like I think Eternal Champions, uh, Challenge to the Dark Side, whatever that game is called. I think that's better than the first one. But the problem with the Sega CD was, I think, and the 32X as well, they didn't have enough games that supported buying those projects. Yeah, um, I, I think that's pretty much what comes down to it. I know um, with the Sega CD, uh, early CD-based consoles, you know, before the PlayStation, uh, that that technology wasn't necessarily there yet, yeah. and so it was really hard to capitalize on what the Sega CD could have potentially been. Now, granted, there are memorable games on the Sega CD, as with the 32X, um, you know, but the 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 big problem of like cable management. Uh, having to specifically um, the model two is the most convenient Genesis to be able to hook up these attachments. Like with the model one, I, I think it was something weird. Like you have to have metal prongs for the 32 X to even plug it in properly to the, to the model one. And I don't even think the model one supports the single CD. I, I could be wrong about that. I haven't really looked into that. I do know because my first Genesis that I had was the model three which is the very small, tiny, slim-lined version of the Genesis. And uh, that doesn't even support either, you know, either the Sega CD or the 32X. So it, it definitely should have been, I think, um, again, we, we keep referencing James Rolfe because, you know, he's covered all of this stuff in some shape or form or another. Uh, but, you know, he brought up that there was actually supposed to be a standalone 32X and i think sega probably yeah it did it got scrapped unfortunately but i think they probably would have benefited had they gone that route instead of relying solely on the um on the genesis to have this hardware be usable uh but on the same token when you look at stuff like modern modern takes like you look at something like the wii u where their marketing was so poor people didn't realize it's, its own console not just this tablet that you can sync up to your wii and everything like that so um i kind of see why sega went that route trying to make these add-ons reliant on something that you already own so you didn't have to go out of your way to buy another separate unit to play these games um but you know it, it, it's just one of those things where it, it was just early technology there wasn't a lot of support 
from developers and i know with the 32x specifically it came out in such a weird time frame it was more or less rushed so developers didn't really have a lot of time to really understand what made the 32x tick you know in a sense to where they could make games that were really stellar and capitalized on everything that the 32x had to offer yeah i think that um just I, I said this earlier like the problem was they really fucked up with all the management and the cable management and like really just uh it was cool that you could play these different types of games on there that had like differing graphics uh some games could take more rom and shit like that but the issue there was that it wasn't future proof and that really kind of shot sega in the foot because i'm sure all of that stuff costs like manpower resources uh you know beta testing getting that working and it just turned out to be like a commercial failure because people just weren't into it they were like okay i could get a snes if i wanted more powerful graphics uh so i think it kind of shot them in the foot but it did produce like some really good games uh, i think sonic cd a lot of people talk about that game they say it's one of the best uh sonic games they play on that platform uh so i i think it wasn't all for naught but at the same time they could have done better with how they pushed this out there i had like a top loader as well for the 32x and i think you could not play anything that wasn't 32x games so it was kind of weird you try to pop what? in a regular game yeah you try to pop in a regular game it would not play you would just get like a white screen so you had to take the top loader off in order to play it with certain models i i do know that that was i think there were rumors that that was an issue with some units i have a 32x myself uh i've never experienced that issue i've been able to play my my 16 bit genesis cartridges just fine with it maybe i got lucky i don't know um but yeah i do know that that was an issue and there was also a rumor about damaging genesis games but i don't think that there was any uh validity to any of those rumors like no yeah. no definitive proof if anything yeah holy shit i i can't even that imagine burns. i can't even imagine getting that unlucky like i just basically scraped by you know uh so yeah it's it's something that i i just wish it, it was a neat concept for the time but it's something that i wish they could have improved maybe like they could have made another model that did everything like you said supposedly it was canceled uh so it never got to see the light of day well <laughs> believe it or not there actually is it, it's incredibly rare so you'll be lucky to find one there is an all-in-one model uh it's like really? the sega cdx and I believe it does everything. It plays Sega CD, it plays 32X, and I do believe it plays Genesis games. And I think you can even listen to music on it because it can like act like as a Walkman. But yeah, it's it's incredibly rare. It's not something that you come across every day. I mean, it took it took just the luck of the draw for the local shop here to get in a 32X, a working 32X. Um, and I still ended up having to buy that uh, connector cable you needed to connect it to the Genesis, oh, you know. Yeah. So um, it, it it's just like one of those weird things that like kind of like that. Um, there's like a uh, 
what was it like rca or jvc or something like that made like a gamecube that acts as like a walkman dvd player or something like that yeah some crazy gamecube iteration and you know it exists it's just like one of those weird obscurities that like not a lot of people know about and they're pricey because of that reason yeah that sucks you can't just regularly buy that unless you're like rich or something because i assume the price is off the charts Oh yeah, that was that was probably the main reason a lot of people like the the, the things failed because because back then when a lot of us were kids, like our parents would maybe just buy us a Sega Genesis because those were cheap and easy to get, whereas the Sega 32X and the Sega CD cost more. And like like everyone else said, you have to you got to have all these cords like you got to like you got to have at least four outlets open. If you wanna, if you wanna have the whole shebang, including your TV. But um, getting onto what uh, what you said uh, about the all-in-one thing, I did see something about what you're talking about the JVC XI. <clears throat> it was like an all-in-one thing where it was just one system. I think it just, I think it had a cartridge slot and a disc drive, so it can play both Genesis cartridges and a CD. But I. But I don't know if it was compatible with the 32X or not, because I don't know if it's a different thing. Because I do know what the about the portable one you're talking about, where you can use it as a Walkman if you want to. Um, this one, this one I'm thinking of is just a straight up hole in one console, which was also good too. It's something I wish Sega would have done, but unfortunately, like everyone else said, it's because of all the the cords and stuff. It was hard to set up that, and because this is when FMV games. We're kind of new. Oh, fuck. What's up? The price? I linked, yeah, I linked it in the, in the chat. Hold on, wait. Let me see this price. Let me see this. So, so the loose price for it is 315 but the others? It's like almost $1,000? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. wow, the people... Man, that's another thing. Like, even getting working Sega CD stuff now is a pain in the ass, because... You gotta find ones that work, and the ones that work are in such short supply that uh, it's expensive to buy in like third parties and stuff. And like you I was know, saying about, yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you know, uh, back then when uh, you know, we'd be calling a lot of stuff from James Fault, but once again, he is right when uh, people did wait for the new systems like N64 and PlayStation, or and the Saturn because. Who's going to spend money on, you know, a system that, I mean, not a system, but, you know, an add-on that does not have many games and, you know, that's not going to be worth your time at the at the time. This thing looks cool, though. I'm going to timestamp this because I want people to see it, but it looks really fucking cool. It looks like a prototype Saturn, if I'm being honest, because it has, like, the same make on the top. Uh, except yeah. it doesn't have the it, it, it kind of does have the disc popper right there. I, I like that. It looks pretty cool Also, I want to offer a correction. It's the Panasonic Q GameCube. I'm gonna link that to you guys as well so you could I Want to say that wasn't released here in the US. I want to say it was either a European or a Japanese only thing I bet it kills my wallet it, oh yeah, it, it's, it probably it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah. shit! There are there are much cheaper options to play GameCube games. <laughs> oh, what is this? Oh, damn! Oh, is that a freaking eBay listing? Oh my 
Oh my fucking god. <laughs> it was never tested. It's brand new. Three thousand dollars. Holy crap, man. Oh, I would oh, not I would not take that fucking risk on something that hasn't been tested. Like no fucking I mean maybe if I won the lottery and I just wanted to just to see if it worked, okay, but Oh for sure. If I it... If I won the lottery and had more money than I knew what to do with, yeah, I'd throw money, like, fucking at anything. Ah, uh, you know those freaking super rare Nintendo games I want? Eh, yeah, here you go. I'll pay $2,000 for a copy of fucking World Championship. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> oh, that is too funny, man. But we oh, gotta okay. move... We gotta move on to question number five. Yeah, please. Alrighty. Uh, so let's list some positives and negatives about your experience with the Sega CD. Um, my only experience has been through emulator, so I don't have much to say about this one, but I will say I did like how some of the games had, well, they said quote unquote, nearly arcade perfect ports for like, Final Fight, they had some additional features as well, which I really enjoyed, like time attack and difficulty scaling. I thought that was really cool. But one of the things I didn't like was the FMVs. Full like they videos. were, yeah, the full motion videos. They felt like they were really cheap back then and just zoomed out. I know maybe I'm spoiled by like how modern video works, but back then for Terminator at least, it really is hard to see what's going on in the background. I think they tried too hard to replicate uh, how the movie was, and it just really didn't sit right with me for some reason. Oh yeah, the grainy film quality looks like, looks almost like a degraded VHS sometimes. Yeah, it it, it doesn't look good now. I, I wish it looked like way better than it did but hey it's a product of the past so i will cut it some slack uh however that being said i think fmvs were done better when they hit like the sega saturn let's say my uh my uh, uh my my positive and well first of all my favorite positive uh, with the sega cd and this is because i'm a bit of i'm a little bit of an audiophile i loved the sound quality of a lot of the games like like take sonic cd like when i first played that game at my friend's house he had a sega cd and he had sonic cd i thought i'd try it out and the music just sounded so great i'm like wow i can't believe this it's it sounds like it sounds like you know i turned on a stereo and the music is playing through it instead of this chiptune stuff that i'm used to and i'd say my negative with the sega cd uh, well, this is because I didn't really get the chance to play it until I had emulate. I mean, play more of it until I had emulation at my fingertips, I should say, because I was seeing pictures and commercials of all these FNV games. And I kept thinking, keep in mind, I was like six or seven at the time. I'm like, wow, how do I can, is this what the game actually looks like? I thought these FMVs were like actual gameplay. Like I was controlling the characters and like, I'd be controlling the characters in the, little scenes i'm like wow that blew my mind but no it's just uh just cut scenes Maybe yeah a little bit of qte thrown in every now and then the marketing really played it up like oh you experienced the game so much that you were living it and it's like no no <laughs> that doesn't meet your expectations i'm sorry pretty much so anyone else have any experience with the sega cd 
uh, for me, I've actually not played any Sega CD games. Like, I think I've played a little bit of Sonic CD, and that's just because of modern conveniences. It's been re-released to death on, you know, Android and Steam and things like that. So um, it is something I am looking for, though. It's, it's one of the few other consoles in my collection that I'd like to own uh, somewhere down the line. So eventually I will hopefully get around and have a positive negative opinion on the Sega CD, but for the moment I don't. Yeah, I only played it through emulation, so I, I wish I had one in my hands, but I can't really tell someone um, what are the positives and negatives of the system itself without even trying the system. All I know is the games, and the games, for the most part, were pretty fun. Uh, but, but I'll tell you this, Ren. What? I'll tell you this. The obvious Sega CD has the best port of Final Fight. They do. They do. Uh i don't know what nintendo was thinking taking out the two players but and also and ta taking out guy and making a version that has guy but not cody <laughs> that that was so fucking strange like i i even called that out when i was doing like my final fight retro weekend i said that's so fucking strange they made a version just for guy and they must have sold like the game for the same price which is highway robbery I actually can comment. Oh wait, that's. Oh, I was gonna say I can comment on that, but that's for a uh, Super Nintendo game, so I'll just hold off on that. Oh yeah. Yeah, they lock out content, you know. For no say this, the Sega CD had a better port of Mortal Kombat One than the Sega Genesis, simply because the the sound quality was a, was better, and you didn't have to put in the blood code to get the blood. It was just there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. I gotta yeah. check that out after podcast. Uh, so let's see here. We're on number six, which is pretty easy. Considering that Sonic was a big flagship title for Sega, do you believe that their mascot lived up to all the expectations of quality? Uh, I would say yes if we're talking about like Sonic 1 through Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic CD. They were pretty solid games. I had like no issue with them of the sort. Oh yeah, back yeah. If you would have asked me this question back when like the Genesis was still around and the newer Sonic games were not even a thing, I would say hell yeah. Yeah but now. No. Yeah now it's like no, cause Sonic games are no no. Sonic Sonic Forces anyone? No. <laughs> Sonic it, Boom. Yeah, but back then Sonic used to be a system seller. There is no contest. Like my my parents really fucking love Sonic so much that they got me a Genesis just because of that. Hey, your kid might like this, so you might pick this up for them. Uh, but that being said, I, I think the quality of the game was really good as well. Like I admit, Sonic One is aged compared to the later sequels. Let's be honest, there's some stuff that the first game could have used to be better but there's a question later that they did that was really innovative and i don't think that many games back then did that feature that was on question number nine uh but it was it was pretty cool for the time like just the stages the levels the fact that it was fast and i remember people saying oh well, sonic and mario they have some sort of rivalry going on and, and I do appreciate that like Sonic was super fast and Mario was like kind of a little bit more slower methodical even because you got to go up and down to find shit uh, but I, I, I like both franchises for what they were yeah I, th I think I, I can agree that uh, for the time when the Genesis was a big deal 
you know, and Sega was still um, a viable competitor in the in the console market. I would say that Sonic was definitely living up to most of the expectations, but as time told, you know, eventually went on. So- Sonic didn't. It, it's it's very much that Sonic did not age like Mario did, where most of the Mario games, yeah, you could say, you know, newer Mario games are repetitive and everything like that you know they they stick to that you know format of how they play but it's worked is the thing like mario has stuck with like this this specific kind of format of how each game plays and then there's you know the you know there's a couple of like the off ones like super mario 64 and then sunshine and now odyssey you know where it goes into the whole 3d world environment and everything like that um but when you when you look at like the linear you know side-scrolling marios they've stuck with that format and it's worked where sonic you know kind of tried to make that leap to 3d with like sonic adventure and sonic adventure 2 and while those games i think are are definitely better than some of the later games that we got it's just like they tried so many different things with sonic and they just didn't stick with what made sonic good to begin with and it wasn't until many many years later when sonic generations came out that that was like a step forward and then whatever game after that i forget what was released but like it was like a step backward again you know and sonic has just kind of been in this state where it's back and forth back and forth oh one game like in a five-year time span comes out that's really good but every other game in between that is just awful or is mediocre at best and now we have the lovely live-action movie to look oh. at. So. Oh, God, I'm getting cancer hearing about you it. Know, yeah. man, Sonic is up and down. Hold like, on. Go ahead. You mean, you mean the movie, the live-action movie that's so bad, even the creator despises it? Yeah, he said, what is this? Like, this is not Sonic. What What are you guys doing? <laughs> right. uh, so I, I think the Sonic has had its fair share of problems let's let's be honest because it's not perfect uh it's one of the franchises like daybreaker said where it has like ups and downs obviously the downs are a lot more obvious i i do think though that it did have potential back then it really shined back then but since it didn't stick to the formula and they tried so many new things it really didn't work for that franchise i see now like sonic mania that game is great but it 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 sticks to like 2d sonic it's like the sonic that you always knew so the the reason always should have been sorry yeah it it, should have been like just that and nothing really outlandish like is some shit that didn't work in adventure like big the cat and it's fucking they should have changed it to be so different but lose the core of what sonic was Froggy? Oh my god. I I just wish that, you know, they kept that same core quality because it's like you said, Mario, it hasn't changed much, but what they have is still pretty good. Oh yeah. All right, so I guess we can move on to question number seven. Uh, One of the slogans for many consoles during that time was bringing the arcade to your home. Uh, What do you think about this statement for the Genesis? Did they succeed at this premise, especially regarding fighting games? Mm. It's it's a little bit mixed, in my opinion, because you're going to... I think they lost something... Uh, for the migration of arcade ports like maybe the game doesn't look that good or maybe the music has been changed Missing content 
yeah maybe there's content missing i think mortal kombat like the problems with that was that it didn't look as good on the genesis and it also sounded different it didn't sound like the arcade music um but arcade collection the music sounds just like the arcade ports so so it always felt like something was lost in translation for those games i do think that they did accomplish bringing the gameplay the core gameplay the core experience ripping someone's head off holding up a spine all that shit they did bring that to the homes and you didn't have to pay like about thousands of quarters because the game cheated you can play the game at home and just enjoy yourself from there so it made it an entirely different experience that really held up in the long run um so sorry about that um pretty much the same answer as yours except what i do like when it comes to that when genesis does usually for their fighting games is like the input delay um i think Whenever I play a port of a fighting game to Sega Genesis, I feel like when I played on the Genesis version, I, I can at least give them credit where it, it doesn't feel delayed whenever I do like a move, say a Hadouken or a Shoryuken, for example. I don't feel limited when you do those moves as opposed to, you know, the competition to Nintendo where it feels a bit lag when you do simple moves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I give. That's why I give Genesis credit for that. Um, before I answer this, I gotta ask: uh, the game Eternal Champions. Did that game have an arcade version? I'm just curious. Mm, I don't think it did. Let me check. All Eternal right, Champions. Yeah, Eternal Champions. Well, um, while you're doing that, uh, I would say that it, the, like some of the earlier arcade ports, like Strider, for example. Everyone knows how good Strider on the Genesis was, and how good it was like how much it i think it, they said it matched the arcade version pretty well obviously you're not putting in a bunch of quarters um i did think that obviously because when the genesis came around like in when the genesis was coming into like the mid like the early mid 90s like when mortal Kombat was coming around obviously they had to they had to cut some corners to make like like you said in mortal Kombat one ren how the how the sound and the graphics weren't nearly as good as even the arcade version or even the Super Nintendo version. Like, and just a correction, I, I do think that the sound, even in the Genesis game, I, I do think that the music is still good, but it's oh, just yeah. not the arcade version. It's, like, definitely uh, reorchestrated, so to speak. Yeah, that was that was one of the Genesis's strong points. Ironically, was the sound was the the sound quality wasn't as good as arcade or Super Nintendo. So people were porting games over. They they kind of like changed up stuff in it to make it so where yeah, it still sounds like the Genesis music, but it still sounds really really awesome. Like like a lot of the tunes sound like guitars and stuff. Mm. And. Uh, I think it was I think it was okay for games like, you know, Street Fight like Street Fighter 2 and Super Street Fighter 2. I'm I'm just going to say this, if anyone out there is planning to listening to this and they're planning to play those on an actual Genesis, get a 6-button controller or an arcade stick because the 3-button controller it just does not work really well with that because you have to hit start to switch between punches and kicks and meaning you lose the ability to pause. Yeah, that really blows. Uh, for me, I I would say I I think 
with the arcade ports that came out on Sega's later consoles, such as the Sega Saturn, for example, um, Night Warriors, the Darkstalkers Revenge uh, is fucking phenomenal on Sega Saturn. Like, I absolutely love it. Uh, so I will say that I think when they started moving to the CD-based consoles, I, I at least in my opinion, the the arcade at home premise kind of came about a lot better and translated better because you know graphics were getting better um sound quality was getting better so they could have that technical arcade experience in the home uh for me it was always like when it came to fighting games i i grew up with the super nintendo like uh the the neighbors across the street had a super nintendo that's where i remember watching them play mortal kombat 3 and mortal kombat 2 used to watch my brother and you know this neighbor freaking play for hours before we would go to school and things like that you know so um especially at least when it comes to like sound and overall presentation like you know having both versions of super street fighter 2 not only for the genesis but for the super nintendo you know it's kind of like a night and day difference uh the super nintendo version of uh, Super Street Fighter 2 being one of my earliest memories of a video game, just that title screen with Ryu and everything. That was like one of the, the, the big things that always stuck out to me. Um, so I would say that um, for convenience sake, though, I mean, yeah, like no one can deny. And I, I think even some people will argue, even if the games are not as accurate as the arcade versions, because uh, let's be real. I mean, you know, it, it took a long time for a game like uh turtles in time to come out and sort of have that same uh teenage mutant ninja turtles arcade feel um you know so it, it took a really long time for something like that but i don't think anybody really could say that they were wanting the the exact you know carbon copy of the arcade experience i mean it, it's a lot better than some of like the quote-unquote arcade ports on like the nes for example because the arcade game for tmnt got ported to the nes of all freaking systems instead of you know the genesis or the super nintendo um but for convenience sake you know you're not you're not having to spend you know hundreds and hundreds of quarters into a machine to get credits you know you can climb the mortal Kombat towers and continue as often as you want or you know however much the game allows and things like that but you know you're not you're not wasting money it's like you buy the game and it's there it's ready to go you know if you've got like you know what uh jojo was saying you know have your two button you know your 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 two six button controllers ready for multiplayer for the genesis you know it, it's all good to go so it's like it's definitely a satisfying feeling being able to just like pop in a game like ultimate mortal Kombat 3 and just booting it up and jumping right into the action that and the six button controllers in my humble opinion are some of the most comfortable controllers i've ever used i i've actually you know to just comment on that i've never had an issue with the second controller aside a little bit from the dreamcast controller because a lot of games especially when it comes to fighting games are either stuck on the joystick or the d-pad just doesn't feel as good but like saturn's controllers love the saturn controller genesis controller never had an issue with the genesis controller so yeah it's just it's just a really comfortable controller they, they did a really good job with that uh, unlike nintendo and their awkward three handled 64 controller <laughs> discussion discussion for another day <laughs> oh boy 
but uh, uh since we were talking about a total champions i just want to bring this up there was a uh there was a tiger electronics version of, uh, of I... eternal champions and oh, somehow yeah. you can play all nine characters what what yeah I, I saw i saw that one was made i never got a chance to play it because it's a damn tiger game nobody nobody likes those anymore just looking at this freaking thing it's freaking crazy pocket arcade that's what it's called oh yeah because a tiger electronics game is is definitely the freaking arcade experience Aww. oh definitely not can we can we talk about that another time yeah we can talk about shitty handhelds probably in the future because I, I do remember playing one of those i think there was like they had wrestling versions as well they have oh so, they, they have the sonic games too yeah and, and the wrestling versions had like different characters with different tiger electronic handhelds so maybe you get to play with like hulk hogan or bret hart or undertaker with like certain handhelds and i thought it was so fucking dumb because it's like okay in order to get this character i need the exact electronic for it so why would you do this to me yeah like uh, just off the top of my head thinking about it because i actually had a dragon ball z I, I don't know if it was a tiger thing i know it was a little lcd game that was oh, dragon Lord. ball z so those things still existed when dragon ball z became a huge old fucking thing here in the u.s you know so Jeez. just oh man yeah that that'd be a fun discussion <laughs> Oh, Tiger Electronics, man, that's going to bring up some memories, but we got to move on to question number eight and then number nine to wrap things up. Uh, so what did you think of the lock-on feature for Sonic and Knuckles where you could play with other characters in previous entries? Well, I, I liked it because it actually was the first time I ever got introduced to Knuckles, and through that he's become my favorite Sonic character. It was like... Because of that, I was able to play Sonic 2 and 3 as Knuckles, and because he has the ability to uh, climb up on walls and, and kind of glide, kind of like um, kind of like a flying squirrel, uh, you could find hidden areas in the stage you normally can't get to, and I thought it was kind of fascinating to see that back in the day. It's a shame that it only worked with two, it only legitly worked with two games, though. Yeah, I I thought it was so fucking cool, but the problem was they only did it for that game because I believe uh, Sonic 3 got cut in half, so that was the end result, that lock-on feature, and it was awesome. It was super cool, but they only did it just for that game. Wasn't that an add-on, and then later they made it a sort of separate game? It in later collections i believe they just bundle it and call it sonic 3 and knuckles right yeah, yeah. which yeah, makes like sense you can, you can put you can actually put the sonic and knuckles cartridge into your genesis without having a game on top of it and you could play like the other half of sonic seed of not sonic cd sonic 3 that was cut out because due to memory limitations on the cartridge you could play those other half of the game as sonic or knuckles but if you put on the the Sega the Sonic Three cartridge, you could play them all together, and I thought that was kind of cool. You could play it separately if you wanted to. Like if you didn't have the other games, you could still play it. I think modders too. They went out of their way to make complete versions of Sonic Three as well. So it's called like Sonic Three Complete if you download those versions. Right, and there's you can also do that with the PC version, which I actually have a, which I actually believe it or not have a hard copy of. 
it's just a damn shame they did not do it for other titles like it's really cool to go back and say hey i can use this character i can play with this character um previously and i could not do it in other stages i thought it was awesome oh uh shout to the modders who makes you know characters like knuckles be be playable in the older sonic titles like sonic 1 and 2 oh yeah that's cool that's fucking cool man one of the reasons why I like emulation. Even though yeah. <laughs> Knuckles is bork because he can't jump that high. So <laughs> I, I kind of think that run on Sonic 2 would be super hard, especially against the Egg Robo at the end, where you have to jump into his stomach and uh, your your jumping ability is borked. Yeah. You can't jump as high or run as fast, but you can still climb up. You can climb up walls and glide, so it's kind of a trade-off. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to answer the final question? Can I read the question? Sure. Sure, you can. All right. The final question is, what is the best and worst Genesis collection you have played so far? And which collection would you recommend it for people who are getting into the Genesis for the first time? Well... Ren, I know it's going to be the obvious answer, but the best Genesis collection I have played so far and the collection I would recommend people is the Genesis collection that was released for the 360 and PS3 because I believe in comparison to, I think, the current Genesis collection that... Uh, that's on has, Steam? Yeah, that's on Steam and, you know, current consoles. And it has more games than the current Genesis collection and uh, more Genesis games they could have added into the new one that you could play and really enjoy. Yeah, I, I think it, it's cool with the Steam versions that you can play like online and shit. And the mods. And, and the mods, but I, I do believe you can do two-player on the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions. And there's just more games. I believe it's called Sonic Mega Collection. And yeah. Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, yep. Yeah. yeah. That one. And just the one on Steam, like I, I, like I said, I think it's cool, but there is a lot more games that are missing. I, I said it in chat, I don't think currently there's a super comprehensive collection because copyright, all that bullshit. So unfortunately, if you want to play many Genesis games that you didn't have the opportunity to play, you would have to either buy them or emulate. Uh, but the most comprehensive one I play is definitely that PS3 version because it just has a lot. It has a lot of mini games as well. I never seen before. Like the, um, I think there's like a Robotnik mini game that you can play. And I've never seen that before in any collection. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kaneki, <laughs> goddamn. Um, <laughs> uh, I pretty much uh, would agree. Uh, I think I think that sentiment. Uh, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection is a really good, stellar collection of great Genesis games. Has a handful. I mean, is I think it's got like, I think it's got the four Fantasy Star games. So I mean, there's JRPGs in there. Great, you know, side scroller beat 'em ups. You know, uh, action adventure games. You, you've got a great selection in there. Um, some great puzzle games as well. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that because that one, that version is actually, uh, it's been re-released as like a greatest hits and platinum hits. 
uh, depending on the on the platform that you choose. So it's it's a lot easier to get a hold of. It's it's super inexpensive. I think I ended up buying a 360 copy for like 10 bucks from a used uh, you know, secondhand store. So it's not, it's not something super expensive. Uh, the, uh, the switch collection that came out not too long ago does have some games that are not present on the, uh, on the Sonic's ultimate Genesis collection, but it's still kind of up there in price. I think it's like a used copy at GameStop is still like running like 37 99. So that's a little bit expensive, especially considering a lot of these games, you know, they've been re-released to death. If you're, if you're looking for specific games, the steam option is a way to go because you can just pick and choose games as instead, instead of buying the whole collection outright, if you wanted to, but I see those games go on sale a hell of a bunch so it's like you could probably get the whole collection that steam even offers for for a, a you know fairly decent price um android uh for those who use android phones they actually have a sega it's like called like sega forever collection and it's basically they're like re-releasing a bunch of their old genesis games for free um the only downside there is you know you have to deal with ads i think there's like a paid version or something you can buy where it's like oh it's ad free but you know if you want it on the go or you know whatever that's an option so there's just there's just a plethora of collections out there i mean even the ps2 collections are are pretty decent for what they are i know like the sonic's mega mix has a couple of like the the weird off the wall Sonic games like Sonic the Fighters and like Sonic R for Saturn, which are, are oh, ridiculous God. to try to get emulated or to try to freaking buy physical copies of. So if you're interested in like games like that, that's an option you can you can check out. I think there was even a Sega Genesis collection on PSP. Um, so yeah, it's a plethora of collections to choose from. Um, but yeah, you know, if I was to go with any one specific just for convenience and its price, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, super easy to get a hold of. 20 bucks brand new. You could probably get it even cheaper than that if you wanted a used version. Well, can you feel the sunshine? No, you stole my joke. No. <laughs> Wait, what? Can you feel the sunshine? Oh. <laughs> and Sonic R. And, uh, yeah, someone once told me that you can actually get fucking laid and enjoy Sonic's tracks on Sonic R with Can You Feel the Sunshine and something else. I forget the other one. That's probably the only memorial about that game is the soundtrack. Oh, it's yeah. He's, he said, you know what? You can make love to Supersonic Racing. And I'm like, what, what, kind, <laughs> of, what kind of logic is that for like just games in general? Like who, who the fuck would do this? I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I have to agree with all you guys about the Sonic's Genesis collection on PS3 and 360. Because not only does it have a very robust collection of Genesis games, it also has Sonic 3 and I think Sonic and Knuckles separate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they keep is... taking Sonic 3 out because of music licensing issues because Michael Jackson made the soundtrack apparently. Yeah, he worked yeah. on him, and now and he died. He died years ago, so that's unfortunate. And mm -hmm. uh, the Genesis collection on the PS3 and 360 also had uh, unlockable Master System and arcade Sega games. Like you can, like if you play uh, Sonic 2 and beat the first boss with a second controller plugged in, controlling Tails, you could unlock the first fantasy star which was a master system game and i thought that was kind of cool and you can oh also, i didn't know that yeah just yeah just have a second controller plugged in and you don't even have to control tails just just have them standing there and 
when you beat them on the 360 and PS3 collection, you unlock that one game, and it's awesome. And there's some other, there's some arcade games on there too. Like I think you could play, uh, God, I think you could play the arcade version of Altered Beast on there. I think. Yeah, so I believe so. Yes. I, I'd say that's the most robust package. Uh, and of course, there are the free, the free Genesis games. You can get. You also get Crazy Taxi on there too. That one's free, but you can get all the free Genesis collections on your mobile phone, even though I don't really like doing that because controlling those on a cell phone kind of hurts my hands a little bit. I'd rather use a controller, but that's besides the point. Uh, the worst collection, I think I mentioned this in the chat earlier, was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the the Sega Smash Pack on the Dreamcast. I don't know if you, yeah, you guys we were yeah. talking about that briefly. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what has worse Genesis ports, that or the at games thing, because... Oh, fuck. Because on the Genesis, on the Sega Genesis collection on the Dreamcast, I mean, the gameplay is fine on the games that they included. It's just they only had 10 games on there, and the sound the sound effects are so weird and glitchy. Like, Fantasy Star 2... When you, if you play that on a normal Genesis or an arcade, like when you attack, you hear like a, you know, like you're swinging a sword, but in the Dreamcast port, it's, it's like beeping sounds and the, the Gen, the Sega, the Sonic one port on that, uh, all the sound effects are wrong. Like the sound effects of you grabbing rings sounds like you're grabbing coins and Mario. And when you jump on a spring, you don't get that satisfied, you know, boing sound, it sounds more like you're hitting a plate of spaghetti with a banjo or something. Actually, I got a question for you. Do you ever, do you ever watch or play the Dreamcast port of Streets of Rage two? Dreamcast? I didn't even know there was. Are you talking about the Beats of Rage remake or no, no, no? A legit a, port. There was a legit port of Streets of Rage two on the Dreamcast. I well, I played the one that was on the the Sega Smash Pack on the Dreamcast. It played okay. It's just the the sound quality was kind of weird. Like, like when you, like when, you know, whenever you kill a bad guy in the game, they can make a sound. Yeah. When you, when you, when you defeat the female characters, it sounds like a car squealing. <laughs> I think that was what I was talking about. Yeah. It's like, it sounds like a car just skidding out of, out of, out of Dodge or whatever. Oh man, I'm not even gonna get into the whole oh fucking Virtual Fighter was on like Genesis and it's oh, like no, no, 2D no. it's 2D treesh. Let, let, let's not talk about that. <laughs> why does I just gotta ask, Sega, if you're listening, why do you insist on putting that game on there? Nobody likes that specific port of Virtual Th Fighter 2. Thank you, Sony, for releasing the arcade version on PS3, PSN. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. I love that one. It, I mean, I understand because that's originally an arcade and Saturn game, but you could have put a different game on there. Like, I don't they, know. They could have. Yeah. I'm amazed. It's not a Virtual Fighter collection on Steam. Like, what the hell? Or, or like on like at least PS4 or something, I would buy it. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, you, you just, you just remind me. Why is none of the Vir Virtual Fighter game is on Steam in general? Like not even two. Yeah, that's weird. Not even five. Like what the fuck? Well, Sega, what are you doing on that one? Sega, get off. Get get your heads out of your asses for a few minutes, man. Uh, I will I... give Sega this. They have like done some pretty good ports recently. Oh yeah. 
I remembered. I, I was thinking, I was like in my head, I was like, wasn't Virtual Fighter 1 included on something? Yeah, it's Virtual Fighter 4 Evolution on PlayStation 2 has Virtual Fighter 1 on it, but yeah, the yeah. original, not Virtual Fighter Remix, the Saturn version, which is the oh. version I grew up with, and that version's fucking stellar. But uh, yeah, speaking of uh, Sega, Microsoft, if either of you two are listening, because I don't know who's responsible for this, uh, why is Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection not backwards compatible on Xbox One? Why is like every fucking Sonic game on the planet and Sonic the Fighters on that list, but Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection is it? Step it up, Microsoft, Sega. Get on that shit. Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. Really, they need to do that. That needs to they're be busy. like the next Xbox One backwards compatible they're, announcement. They're busy with Yakuza, which I don't mind because that series so far, man, it's really good. But uh, <laughs> Sega, enough. come on, man. Oh, and Jet Set Radio Future. Sega? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, where I'm is sure, that game? Where's that backwards compatibility? I'll, I'll buy. I could have sworn when I went to GameStop, uh, that game was like sold for like three to five bucks, even with the. Uh, I forgot. The Sega GT. Yeah, it's yeah. like Sega GT, like 2002 or something like that. Yeah, like uh, if, get, if they get announced for backwards compatibility, I'll be willing to buy them cheap. Yep. All right, people. So I, I think that is enough for this podcast. We're going to call it. Had a lot of fun. Uh, put in a lot of great memories with the Sega Genesis. And obviously, uh, maybe there's some Nintendo stuff coming down the line because we've Ooh, talked boy. about them a lot, too. Uh, but we're going to get to outros here. Yeah. So, what, One more thing. Can we dedicate like an entire fucking podcast to just shitting on at games? Because I I have experience with that shit, and I I gotta tell you about that fucking thing. It it was the Uh, isn't that the reason why they're actually making their own Sega Genesis Classic? Holy shit! Those fucking things are so shit. Wait, what happened (laughs) at games? Yeah, they made like a Genesis uh, Classic retro console, and it's shit. It's flimsy crap. Like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Sega is pretty much like, okay, at games, you've had your fun. We're fucking taking back this shit, and we're doing it ourselves. (laughs) Yes. I mean, the only cool thing it had about it was it had a cartridge slot where you could put your own cartridges. It just played them all horribly. The cart, the controllers didn't work because they used infrared and infrared's like for tv uh, controllers yeah, and and uh it only had a composite video composite mono you know uh, auto audio video no hd you know yeah. speaking of like the sega genesis classic um i'm surprised they're managing to one-up nintendo when it comes to that i heard they're supporting I, i'm hearing they're adding more things to the classic than what nintendo did with their classics I think I think they added like no sorry to interrupt but I think oh, they no. they're adding I think more games into the classic into what Super Nintendo does I could be wrong uh, I do know they're adding native support for like if you have the six button controllers for Sega Genesis that it will also be supported for for the classic. Oh my god! Fucking oh, thank cool. you. <laughs> oh no, more like three button fighting games. That's oh, really good. Yeah. That was the fucky thing I heard about that that new classic console though. Something weird where like the U.S. version is coming with three button controllers, but the EU and the Japanese versions are coming with the six button controllers. What the fuck, Sega? Why not just make that the fucking standard across the board? Oh, yeah, really. Well, like I said, we get we U.S. people get screwed. Japan gets the good shit, and Europe. 
move. I'll, I'll be satisfied as long as it has the, at least Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4, and both Shining Force games. I'll be happy with that. Uh, you'll be more happy once it gets modded, because, you know, with every <laughs> oh, yeah, classic, but... even the shitty one, Sony, that it gets modded. Yeah, they mod it to make it better. Yep, it's, it's a shame no one can do that with the at games one, but what can you do? Oh, I know. Why would well, you? I, I think the thing is, is that there's so many avenues that hackers and modders can, you know, look at to play all these older games. They, they probably take one look at the at game shit and be like, oh, fuck that. I'm not wasting my time on this shit. I'm wasting my time on that shit. I think they must have bailed it because they know how bad it was. It's not worth it. Yeah. I don't blame them, but we got to get to these outros. So Daybreaker, you go first. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and I think that's pretty much it on uh, at Daybreaker. Uh, trying to get back into streaming regularly. Uh, not working out too well, but one of these days I'll hopefully be more consistently. Also, you cut out. Uh, what was your information again? Oh, I did. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you can find me at Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Daybreaker Rain. And I am trying to get back into streaming more consistently on my Twitch. Not working out too well, but I hope to fix that and remedy that here in the near future. Mr. Kaneki? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at uh, the same name, Google War Order. And please, Sega, please, Jet Set Radio Future Backwards Compatibility, please, or Microsoft. I already have like the the game on P the, the first game on PS3 and PC, but this would be great if it was backwards compatibility for Jet Set Radio Future. I'll be happy. Was that game on the OG Xbox or not? Yeah, what? it was. F Future, yeah. Oh, I I have that. Then I could I could pick that up. See what that game's all about. But it's basically, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's basically. Mm -hmm. a, a, like improved a lot like it's it's a, a good sequel to the first game but jojo you are next all right you can find me on youtube at mr bastard gamer i'm gonna be what? streaming yeah mr bastard gamer it's a long story i'm gonna be um i stream occasionally i don't really have a schedule i just i just stream crap whenever it comes to my mind um i'm streaming Dragon Quest games right now, and I'm also on Twitter at the Lost Jojo, all one word. All right, so you can find me at, at Pornhub. Yeah, at Pornhub. <laughs> you can find me oh on Twitter at Rent Operative underscore. Uh, my PSN is now Rent Operative underscore. Thank fucking hey. God, Sony. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative and on Twitch at Renegade and underscore. Shut up, at Renegade <laughs> underscore Operative on Twitch. Uh, I don't have much going on right now. There is videos that is unlisted that I have to upload as well as this podcast. So I will be working on that as soon as I can. Um, I'm trying to think of the next discussion for us to do, but when I get around to that is going to be fun as usual. Uh, remember, you know, come on by, hit me up, uh, give me your girlfriend's news and I'll be completely fine what? with that. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to... Trying to advertise myself here. Yeah, Yo, you better beat Ren and MK11 next week, fans. No, no, I will be practicing at that game, so I think we're gonna just be playing that, like having a lot of fun with it and seeing how it is. Oh, it's on. I'm gonna that. be. I'm gonna be. Get, I've already got mine pre-ordered. I'm gonna be kicking all. I'm gonna be trying to kick all your ass. I, I got. It. I got the the it's uh, deluxe edition pre-ordered. Yeah, I started with Mortal Kombat, and now we're going right back to Mortal Kombat. So that's, that's right. 
I, I'm I'm waiting for Sam's show, so that's where you'll find me when that game comes out. Oh, don't worry, I got you, fam. Day one, <laughs> PS4. Yep. So Cause... we're so Go we're ahead. gonna sign out really quickly. Um, see you guys later. This is the IES signing out, and take care. Later, everybody. Sega. 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 Sega.